Hey everyone, this is Naisha, the Hip Hop Therapist, and welcome to the very first episode of the Hip Hop Therapy Podcast. How is everyone doing? I hope all is well. This is my pilot episode, so if you're listening, shout out to you for being a part of history. Thank you so much for your support. I got a lot of positive feedback for the podcast, and I have a lot planned. I have so many ideas. So I hope you will stay tuned and you'll come back regularly. So before I get started, I want to give a little more background about hip hop therapy. This is a concept I've been pondering and working on for about a year now. Um, And I'm ecstatic that it's finally come to fruition, thanks to the support of some very close friends and family of mine, and all of you listening right now. We're in a time now where the discussions about mental health have been at the forefront. Last year, we were in a pandemic. Uh, We're still very much in a pandemic. Um, But, you know, last year, we were, quote unquote, quarantined. Uh, We couldn't go outside. Everything was closed. A lot of people lost jobs. Uh, Others were working hard. Essential workers were working hard. Uh, Not all of them had an increase in pay, you know. Uh, And also, we lost a lot of people to COVID-19. A lot of people. So we're dealing with that, and we're dealing with everything else that's going on in the world right now. And that's about to have an effect on everyone's collective mental health. So traditionally, there's been a lot of stigma surrounding mental illness. Uh, We've been fighting the stigma and advocating for people to go to therapy more now. So it's gotten a little bit better now uh, recently than it was years ago, 15, 20 years ago. We're seeing a lot of celebrities come out and take a stand for their mental health. Like recently, female athletes like Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka in particular have withdrawn from events because they spoke they have said that they are putting themselves first and they're protecting their peace. And, you know, this is hip-hop therapy, so we got to talk about rappers. Um, artists like DMX and Scarface spoke a lot about mental health struggles in their music. Uh, rest in peace to DMX. Um, Big Sean has spoken about his depression, and he took a break for years from music uh, because he was dealing with severe depression and anxiety. Royce59 has spoke about his recent album, one of his recent albums, Book of Ryan, being therapy for him. Um, Another example, G Herbo has talked about his PTSD diagnosis, and he even named his album, uh, one of his recent albums after that, and he launched a mental health initiative for youth in Chicago. So, you know, a lot of celebrities are, are talking about it, trying to fight the stigma, and they teach us important lessons. You know, it's okay it's okay that if you're not okay, it's, you need to protect your peace. You know, we're dealing collectively, we're dealing with a capitalistic work culture that values production over people. You know, um, we are, we're dealing with a grind culture that, uh, even though it's well-intentioned, it can be harmful, you know, when you adopt a no sleep type of mentality, you know, and it's like work, 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 grind, 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 no, no breaks, no days off. And that weighs on you mentally, you know, and I'm glad I have the platform to discuss it a little bit more and bring more clarity to mental health and help people understand it. Sometimes uh, symptoms of depression and anxiety show up in ways that we don't expect. 
Um, and we still have a lot more work to do as a society to make mental health more accessible for everyone, especially oppressed people, especially people in poverty. We have more work to do destroying stigma and the way that we view therapy. And we just have to make some serious changes to the whole system. Um, mental health and psychology studies as it is are very white centered. The people that we, the studies are done on white people. Uh, the people that we learn about are white men for the most part. And um, it's important to read works from more melanated people and learn about how these things affect us directly um, from other black people. I think, you know, we need to have a lot more diversity uh, in therapy. We need to decolonize therapy. A lot of the concepts that we learn are still harmful. Um, so we have to reimagine the way that we approach therapy. Um, like I said in my intro, uh, using music is a great way to reach people um, and to get people to help understand certain concepts. And um, let's do it now. Let's change it now. You know, what better time than right now to tackle all these things, right? So that's my spiel. <laughs> We're going to jump right into this first episode. Yeah. <laughs> when I broke for the street, who else could it be? Kill. Explode, my thoughts were drunken from courts of beers Was years back before Nasir would explore career in rap As a music dude, I mastered this Rubik's Cube from my very first episode of Hip Hop Therapy, I'm analyzing a song by one of the goats of hip hop. He's top five, is not debatable, don't debate me. <laughs> Who else can it be? NAS Nas, uh, Mr. Nazir Jones, Escobar. Um, speaking of Nas, he just dropped a new album, um, King's Disease 2, a follow-up to his Grammy award-winning album, King King's Disease, that came out last year. Speaking of the Grammys, um, isn't it crazy? That was his first Grammy ever. Almost 30 years in the game, um, a whole legend, and that was his first Grammy. Um, but, you know, I know why. They gave him the apology Grammy. Um, you know, they do that sometimes. Like, they did it when Denzel, um, when he got the Oscar for Training Day, he got the apology Oscar, you know, because they know they should have gave that shit to him for Malcolm X. And not that I didn't like that, um, not that I didn't like Training Day. That is one of my faves. Um, same with King's Disease. Love that album. But they knew they they knew they knew were wrong for that. Like, that man been deserved a Grammy. So, you know, they gave him the apology Grammy. But the Grammys are racist. Uh, we'll talk about that in another episode. Um, anyway, did y'all hear King's Disease 2? What did y'all think? Uh, let me know on my social media page or my website. Uh, what's your thoughts on it? I think it's fire. Um, he's back. He's back like he never left. Love Nas. So uh, I'm analyzing an underrated song off of his classic album, Stomatic. That's also not up for debate. <laughs> uh, and that is Second Childhood. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs off Stomatic. Um, listen to, the, I, I just played a clip. Listen to the whole song if you haven't. Uh, and we're going to talk about childhood trauma, defense mechanisms, and more. So I'm going to start off with a quote. Nas talks about this song in an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, and his quote is as follows. 
How many grownups do you see every day that still act like children? It's a shame. In life with your woman, your man, your family, there's grownups who you expect so much more from are really nothing more than a child. They're big kids. And these are people with power I'm talking about. So second childhood was very important, end quote. So second childhood to me uh, means an adult who is repeating their childhood, doing childlike behaviors, or who refuses to mature. Y'all probably can think of someone in your life like this or certain political figures. So why don't some people grow up or mature? What causes this behavior? There's a lot of different reasons, but I'm going to focus on, the main one I'm going to focus on is trauma responses. So what is trauma? This word gets thrown around a lot. So let's define it before we move forward. Individual trauma results from events, a series of events, or a set of circumstances that is experienced by an individual as overwhelming or life-changing, and that has profound effects on the individual's psychological development or well-being, often involving a physiological, social, or spiritual impact. So let me just summarize that. Basically, an event or a series of events that has a large adverse effect on you, not just physically, but emotionally. So there are three types of trauma, acute, chronic, and complex. Acute trauma results from a single incident. Chronic trauma is repeated and prolonged, for example, domestic violence or abuse. And complex trauma is exposure to varied and multiple traumatic effects, um, often in an invasive or an interpersonal nature. So let me give you some examples uh, of trauma or what is considered a traumatic event. Childhood emotional and physical abuse is an example of trauma. Sexual assault is traumatic. Sudden death of a loved one. Systemic racism is traumatic. Medical injury, natural disasters, and terrorism. All these are examples of traumatic events. And um, trauma is a a powerful thing, you know, it can cross generations and um, people react differently to trauma. So that's something that's important to understand. But if it's unaddressed, it can snowball into a huge problem. So that leads me to discuss unresolved childhood trauma. Did you know that trauma can physically change the brain? Studies show that trauma has effects on a person's brain structure and physiology. Crazy, right? Research shows that children are particularly vulnerable to trauma because their brains are still developing. So during a traumatic experience, a child's brain is in a heightened state of stress. And these hormones are activated. These fear-related hormones are activated. So when a child is exposed to chronic trauma, the brain remains in this heightened pattern. And remaining in this heightened state can change the emotional, behavioral, and cognitive functioning of the child in order to maintain and promote survival. So they're literally in survival mode. Um, And that has a great effect on their emotional development. So some people get stuck at a certain stage of development. Like when you experience a traumatic event at a certain age, you get stuck at that stage of development. 
So they grow up, but their emotional age stays the same. So think of like a, you know, a person in their early 20s with the mind of like a 10 year old, right? Um, and childhood exposure to traumatic experiences increases the risk of lifelong mental health problems like PTSD, of course, depression, anxiety. Um, it increases the risk of reduced adaptive coping strategies, substance abuse, and early death. And um, I have to talk about the particular adversity that black and brown children face. Uh, black children are at very high risk for complex trauma exposure. Uh, black children living in certain ur urban communities are more likely to be in poverty. They're more likely to be placed in foster care, uh, to be exposed to community violence, to experience contacts with police and the justice system, and to become homeless. You know, And then on top of all that, we as African-American families have to deal with the effects of historical trauma and the legacy of racism. So it's like double the trauma, you know, cause we're dealing with all of this at the same time. Um, and I gotta keep it a hundred with y'all, you know, we have to be honest about how abuse, physical, verbal, sexual abuse to children gets swept under the rug in black communities. Um, let me be clear, this is not only black people. Uh, so I hope I'm not going to be misunderstood. But uh, us especially, we don't talk about it. And we need to, you know, how are we going to heal if we just pretend that it doesn't happen, you know, and then we don't address it. Um, and a lot of people are just doing what they're taught. You know, uh, they pass down harmful practices because that's how they were raised. Um, and two things can be true at once, you know, some, in some cases, you know, parents did the best that they knew how, uh, but they also uh, did harm, you know, two, two things can be true at the same time. But it's time to start breaking the cycle of uh, abusive or traumatic practices just because it was done to you. Just because you survived it doesn't mean it should not, it should have happened to you, right? Um. So it's time for us to start passing down healing, you know, um, and rethinking these abusive practices and learning different ways to deal with certain things. In certain cases, when you're dealing with all that, it's less of a refusal to grow up and more of an inability to grow up, right? Um, for some people who experience serious childhood trauma, it's they're far more comfortable living in like a fantasy world of possibilities as like a form of escapism uh, so that they don't have to deal with reality, uh, especially when it comes to dealing with hard decisions or difficult circumstances. They'll simply, you know, disassociate, retreat into the safe, comfortable fantasy realm instead of actually dealing with things. Uh, and if these behaviors aren't addressed when they're still young, uh, people carry them through adulthood and it hinders them permanently, uh, keeping them from making any decision toward making any like steps toward a life that they really want. And then they are at ease in these situations that they don't even really want because there's that security, you know, that comfort that they're used to. Uh, and if they come out of that security, then they have to contend with the uh, anxiety and 
being uncomfortable, you know. Um, and then they'll, so they'll find themselves replaying situations where they're childlike and they're helpless and being cared for by other people. Uh, and this is a way for them to avoid having to grow up. And that is an example of a defense mechanism. What is defense mechanism? What are defense mechanisms? Um, they are sometimes called coping mechanisms. Defense mechanisms are psychological strategies that are unconsciously used to protect a person from anxiety or stress arising from unacceptable thoughts or feelings. Uh, it can be adaptive or maladaptive, depending on the circumstance, meaning, you know, sometimes defense mechanisms are a good thing. Sometimes it's not su not such a good thing. Um, what I had just described is a defense mecha mechanism called fantasy. Uh, it involves the excessive retreat into daydreams and imagination to escape problems or to avoid conflict. Um, where basically, you know, you, you kind of create like a fantasy world, you know, to avoid reality. Um, another very important defense mechanism is called regression. Regression is the retreat under stress to an earlier or more immature pattern of behavior and gratification. So you're like unconsciously reverting to an early stage of development, um, a childlike behavior as a way to avoid adult-like responsibility. So for example, like if I get some terrible news, um, I hear terrible news in bamboo and then I start sucking my thumb, right? That's an example of regression. Um, and uh, short term, it could be good because it provides a certain amount of protection, but uh, it can be bad if we become dependent on it and we lean on that as our form of, a, of adapting, right? Uh, so basically, you know, you feel you in a situation where you're uncomfortable, feeling helpless. So you're seeking comfort and then you think of something that made you comfortable as a child. And then you lean on that, you become dependent on that. And then you don't know how to break that cycle pretty much. Right. So uh, that that is one of the main reasons why, uh, you know, some people don't grow up or they're stuck in this uh childhood cycle. Um, but there are other reasons why some people don't grow up. Let's go get into those. So one of the other reasons why some people don't grow up is fear of being autonomous. Um, sometimes we make decisions and they don't work out or they went wrong somehow. And, you know, you feel like a failure and some people internalize that. And then in turn, they in turn develop a fear of failing again, you know, and they don't grow from that. And then they rely on others to, you know, make decisions for them because they don't have that confidence in their abilities anymore, you know, because if they've internalized the failure. Um, but, you know, it takes some time to learn to take uh, the right steps toward personal autonomy or uh, you may never be able to live life the way you truly want it. Um, another reason is uh, a person gets trapped in the glory days of their youth. This is common for people who have um, like child stars or people who had some fame or like some su ah, some success in their younger years, like their teens, early 20s. And they decided to cling on to that forever, 
you know, when we say people like peaked in high school or peaked, you know, in a young age, like that's what we're talking about. Um, And, you know, these were moments where they felt special and they felt adored and that became a cornerstone of their development. And they just kept clinging to it and they're not really able to move on. Um, That's something else that um, Naza discussed in this next clip that I'm about to play. Junior high school dropout, teachers never cared. They was paid just to show up and leave. No one succeeds, so he moves with his peers. Different blocks, different years, sitting on different benches like his musical chairs. All his people's moved on in life. He's on the corners at night with young dudes. It's them he wanna be like. It's sad, but it's fun to him, right? He never grew up 31 and can't give his youth up. He's in his second childhood. When I flow for the street, who else could it be? So in the clip you just heard, Nas addresses uh, the systemic issue of the flawed school system. So the guy in the verse that he's talking about dropped out of school, right? And he discusses the problems with the school system. So a lot of times public schools are overcrowded and underfunded, and a lot of them lack access to resources. So for example, a lot of schools have one one nurse and one guidance counselor. And this is for the whole body of students, right? Um, how well do schools really prepare us mentally for the real world? Um, there's a lot of structural racism in the schools in regards to standardized testing. Um, outdated textbooks that sanitize history and idolize horrible people. Um, There's also a lack of motivation with certain students when they see people with legal jobs struggling, you know, and they see rich quote unquote criminals, right? Or rich businessmen who didn't go to schools. Um, And that also uh, includes students who just have feelings of worthlessness, like internalized feelings of worthlessness. And this is especially true for emotional abuse victims. So they're like, why try? You know, it's not worth it anyway. I'm stupid. I'm worthless. You know, why try to even succeed in school? So, you know, that could be a reason why the person in question dropped dropped out. Um, And what happens if we don't get the resources we need as a child? How can we grow? Uh, He also touches on the lack of motivation for the teachers. You know, a lot of times the teachers don't get paid enough. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of different issues with teaching. Uh, So this is one of the many systemic issues that needs more focus. What are some solutions? Um, If you identify with any of this, if you're dealing with trauma, whether you experience it in your childhood or another stage of life, um, here are some things that you can do. Now that we're trauma informed, it's important to acknowledge the trauma and recognize it for what it is. Once we find the root of the problem, then we can work to find a solution. Uh, we have to eliminate toxic people and seek supportive people. People truly underestimate how important your tribe is. And sometimes you can't eliminate toxic people, but you can set boundaries, um, especially when we're talking about family, right? Um, It is so important to have people who surround you speak life into you and support you. That's step two. Um, Number three, um, accept 
accept it, find acceptance and regain control of your life. Um, so learning about acceptance uh, and letting go, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're embracing your trauma, like you agree with it or that it was okay. It just means that you decided that you've accepted it for what it is. You're not going to let it rule your life and you're going to move forward. Um, and as long as you're willing to let go of your old defenses and crutches that you used to use to navigate your trauma, then you can reclaim control of your life and start healing. And finally, um, get help and don't be afraid to ask for help. Find a therapy style that works for you. Um, in a different episode, I'll talk about different therapy styles, but whether that's psychoanalysis or cognitive behavioral therapy, um, find a therapy style that works for you. Find a therapist that's good for you. And be patient with yourself. Remember, healing is not always linear. That means, you know, you're going to go through a lot of ups and downs uh, and you might definitely be put in a space where you're uncomfortable and that's okay it's not easy but it will get better for you being in our second childhood isn't always bad right so let's talk about some healthy ways to explore our second childhoods um so as an adult we see the world through our past experiences and it's colored by how things should be. And as adults, we get caught up in the system. You know, we care too much about what other people think and um, how we're perceived. And, you know, we start focused on all money above all else, right? Uh, but kids don't do this. Uh, they live in a world that is kind of free from conditioning so here are some ways where we can uh, reconnect with our inner child. Number one, make time for play and make time for rest. It is vital to enjoy yourself. Uh, as kids, we used to play. When did we forget how to play? And I know it's easier said than done. Uh, we're going to talk more about the ways that the system makes it difficult for us. But if you can, you know, make time to enjoy yourself, to uh, rest, you know? When we were growing up, we had recess and we had nap time and we didn't even appreciate appreciate nap time. Um, I would love to take a nap every day <laughs> now. Um, but yes, number one, rest and play. Number two, childlike curiosity. Try to do, try something new. Try to learn or do something new. Um, a lot of times, you know, we... What stops us from trying th new things is how uh, we will look to others. You know, fear stops us. But kids have a way of believing that anything is possible, you know, until we kind of like beat it out of them when we get older. But um, believe in yourself more. Try something new. If it works out for you, great. If it doesn't, then, you know, at least you could say you try something different, right? And number three, keep nostalgic thoughts. Um watch movies you enjoyed as a kid movies and tv shows you enjoyed as a kid uh, i've been watching the x-men animated series on disney plus lately a uh, shout out to the 90s kids who used to watch that saturday mornings uh such a great show uh, an amazing show really um <laughs> uh and yeah it, it cheers me up you know so do that play video games um do something that so you maintain your youthful spirit 
so on that note we're gonna end it there if you made it to this point thank you so much for listening i truly appreciate it i want to give a couple of shout outs to some very special people um ayana bestie love you to sean angelisa and josh i appreciate y'all so much y'all have been supportive from the start thank you so much for that um hip-hop 101 uh cage gang people y'all know who you are if you're listening thank you so much um if you want to support the channel you can cash at me my cash app is n daniel 8 hashtag and daniel the number eight um if you have any questions about what i spoke about today you can post it on my social media pages and i will definitely try to answer them in the next episode by the way the next episode is going to be one of the following um either styles p or big l i'll let y'all speculate on which one and what song so in closing Let's heal our traumas, explore our second childhood in healthy ways, and it's until next time, guys. Bye.